Innalhamdalillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ufiruhu Wa na'udhu billahi min syururi anfusina Wa min sayyiyati a'malina Man yahdihillahu falamudillala Wa man yudlil falahadiyala Ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika la وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه أما بعد يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما ثم اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم أما بعد يا عباد الله قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم ولئن سألتهم من خلق السماوات والأرض ليقولون الله قل الحمد لله بل أكثرهم لا يعلمون الله سبحانه وتعالى حساس And if you were to ask them, who created the heavens and the earth? They will most definitely say, Allah. So say, Alhamdulillah. Rather, most of them know not. Most of them, they do not know. Ya ibadullah. It is incumbent for us to understand the reality And the true and proper meaning of La ilaha illallah. It is for us to understand that it is not enough just that an individual acknowledges that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator. It is not enough just that an individual acknowledges the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But rather, an individual they have to Submit themselves unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon tawheed. So they believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they make all of their religion sincere unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when they say la ilaha illallah, they know with a certainty. They know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the meaning of it is la ma'buda bihaqqin illallah. That nothing has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. So therefore all of his ibadah, 
all of her ibadah that it will belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be directed unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they will not call upon an angel. They will not call upon a prophet. They will not call upon a tree or a rock or a stone. But rather all of their dua that will be unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is incumbent that we understand this. That an individual has to believe in a tawheed al-rububiyyah. And likewise they have to believe believe in a tawheed al-uluhiyyah. And likewise they have to believe in a tawheed al-asma'i wa-sifat. Tawheed al-asma'i wa-sifat. Ya ibadullah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He explains to us here in this ayah that those mushrikun, that those polytheists, those polytheists, that if you were to ask them, وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ And if you were to ask them who created the heavens and who created the earth, وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَ هَؤُلَاءِ الْمُشْرِكِينَ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ بِالْحَقِّ That if you were to ask those polytheists who they deny the truth, those polytheists who they belie the truth, who is the creator of the heavens and the earth, even they will say Allah. They will say Allah. لِيَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ أَصْنَامَهُمْ And ask them so that they could acknowledge, so that they could understand, so that they can see for themselves that they are idols, that these false things in which they worship, مَا خَلَقَتْ شَيْئًا they have not created anything mindalik. They have not created anything from the heavens, nor from the earth. But rather, they themselves are created. Also, to make them and to hasten them into saying into their statement, Allah, Allah, that it is Allah. The one who created them all by himself. It is Allah. He is the one who created the heavens by himself. He is the one who created the earth by himself. That it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has created these things by himself. Because when the individual acknowledges that, when the individual understands that truly, then by default, all of their ibadah will be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the only, the creator of the heavens and the earth is the only one who deserves to be worshipped. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who deserves to be worshipped alone without any partners. Whether that partner is the angel that is close or a prophet that has been sent. That nothing deserves worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if an individual were to contemplate and to reflect over this ayah, then they will see that in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is establishing a proof and an evidence over the polytheists. Establishing a proof and an evidence over the disbelievers. And this is why after this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, قُلْ الْحَمْدُ Then say, Alhamdulillah. That after they have acknowledged, after they have acknowledged that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who created the heavens, He is the one who created the earth, then say alhamdulillah, then say alhamdulillah, ay qul lahum, say unto them, alhamdulillah alladhi bayyan al-nur. All praise and thanks belong to Allah, the one who has made the light clear, he has made the truth clear, made the knowledge clear. And Allah Ta'ala, Alhamdulillah, the one who has brought the proof and made you establish the proof against yourself. 
Alhamdulillah, the one who has made you establish the proof against yourself. Because after a person acknowledges and establishes the proof against themselves, that yes, it is indeed, in fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is the creator of the heavens and who is the creator of the earth, they have established the proof against themselves. So now how can they possibly say, how can they possibly deny knowing such? How can they possibly say, how can they possibly deny or try to justify worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowing fully that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who has created the heavens. He is the one who has created the earth by Himself. And that these things in which they are worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then verily they are worshipping them in falsehood. Because these things have not created anything. But in fact... And in reality, they are themselves created. So Allah Ta'ala goes on to say, ending of the ayah, But most of them, they don't know. Most of them, they don't know. They don't have this ilm. Most of them, they have not reached this level of understanding. Most of them don't know. Alhamdulillah, All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah. All praise and thanks belong to Allah for informing us and then giving us the success in submitting unto him because not everyone of the earth they have submitted themselves unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not everyone of the earth they have been granted this success in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone so we say alhamdulillah ala ni'matil islami wa sunnah alhamdulillah these individuals who don't know this fundamental fact how could we think to gain any type of guidance for them on that which is other than that. If they don't know this fundamental fact, then what kind of guidance do we think that they will have inside of their lifestyle? What do we think that they will have in their lifestyle that we are missing? What do they think, what do we think that they will have in their lifestyle that which will be an envy for us? Nothing that they have that is that which we want. They don't understand this fundamental fact. And this is why they don't understand anything else in reality. So Allah Ta'ala, He says, most of them don't know. Most of them don't know, and thus that is the reason that they associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So alhamdulillah ala ni'matil islami wa sunnah, alhamdulillah for the bounty of Islam and for the bounty of the sunnah. Hada aqulu qawli hada wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li jami'il muslimin fa astaghfiru fa innahu huwa al-ghafuru rahim. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam, ala rasulillah wa ba'i. Ya ibadullah, it is incumbent that when giving da'wah to the non-Muslims, that we engage them like this. That we cause them to reflect and to think and to ponder. Because you will find many of them, they don't think. They don't reflect nor ponder over the likes of these things. They never give it serious thought and contemplation. So it is incumbent that we engage them in this manner, making them to think, to contemplate, to reflect in the hopes that they will submit themselves unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it is Allah who guides the people. So whoever Allah guides, you will never find anyone that can lead them astray. And whoever Allah allows to go astray from his justice, you will never find anyone that can guide them. 
However, in doing this, in engaging them in this manner, that Allah Ta'ala has taught us in the Qur'an, then we would have fulfilled our obligation in conveying the message unto them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he goes on to say in the next ayah, لِلَّهِ مَا فِي That it belongs unto Allah, that which is in the heavens, and all that which is in the earth. All that in the heavens, and all that in the earth, it belongs unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْغَنِيُّ الْحَمِيدِ That verily Allah, He is the one who is the orange. He is the one who he needs nothing from anyone. He is the one who is self-sufficient. Allah Ta'ala huwa al-ghani. He is the one who is the rich in reality. Huwa al-hamid. He is the one who is deserving and worthy of all praise. So Allah Ta'ala, he ends off this ayah, إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْغَنِيُّ الْحَمِيدِ And verily it is Allah, he is the self-sufficient, the rich. He is the one who is worthy of all praise. I want you to reflect over this. Because when an individual reflects over this, then this helps him or her to understand the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To know that everything belongs unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To know, Allah kan, wa ma lam yasha lam yakun. Whatever Allah wills is, and whatever He does not will, then it is not. Because when an individual truly understands this, this will help them put their trust upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because they know that the treasures of the heavens and the earth, it is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gives to whom he pleases and he takes from whom he pleases. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he afflicts whom he pleases and he relieves whom he pleases. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in his hands is everything. So that's all we need in reality is to put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is that you're suffering from, then the answer lies in returning back unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you're sick, it is Allah who will cure you. If you're poor, it is Allah who shall enrich you. If you are in need of something, it is Allah who will provide for you what you need. So always beg Allah, always ask Allah, know and understand the power and the might and the magnitude of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lillah ma samawati wal arud. It belongs unto Allah, everything in the heavens, everything in the earth, it belongs unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Sa'di rahmatullah alayhi mentions, that Allah ta'ala, he mentions the generality of his kingdom, the generality of his dominion, that Allah Ta'ala, he owns everything. That everything in the heavens, everything in the earth, and this is encompasses all of the universe. And Ulwi wa Sufli, it encompasses all of the universe, the high and the low, all of the universe belongs unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the property, it is the dominion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you want something, if you need something from these heavens and from this earth, then you ask the one who owns it. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which further emphasizes what? How these other things that have not created anything, that do not own anything, they should not 
not be asked for anything because it doesn't make sense. Not textually, not intellectually. It doesn't make sense. They are impoverished. They don't have nothing. So why are we asking someone that has nothing for something? No, you ask the one who owns everything if you need something. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we engage the disbelievers to think and to reflect, then they will see themselves the fallacy in asking Isa and asking Jesus for anything. They will see the fallacy in asking their saints for anything. They will see the fallacy in asking a cow or a rock or a stone or a celestial body for anything. Allah Ta'ala, He owns that which is in the heavens. Allah Ta'ala, He owns that which is in the earth. Allah is the creator. All these other things from the celestial bodies, from Jesus, from the rock, the stone, the tree, the cow, it's all created. Allah created all of them. They are all servants unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you need, then you ask the one who can fulfill your need. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So at least so-and-so dead in his grave. He can't do anything for us. He could not repel death from himself. So what can he do for us? His deeds are cut off. It's done. He can't gain any more good for himself. So what can he do for us? This is the reality. The one who is deprived of something cannot give you anything. So it doesn't make sense to ask them. It doesn't make sense to ask them. So when you look at it, you will see that shirk, yes, it is the greatest misappropriation. It is the greatest crime because you're putting a request that should be given to Allah and you're putting it somewhere else. Your worship that should be given unto Allah, you're putting it somewhere else. It's the greatest misappropriation. It is the greatest dhul. It is the greatest oppression. It is the greatest crime. And when you reflect on it, you realize it makes no sense. You see? It makes no sense. It's more idiotic. It's more... It's more stupid than robbing a bank that you know has no money in it. But it's filled with police officers that will arrest you the moment you say this is a robbery. You get nothing out of it. But you just get hurt. You just get harmed. It's all downside. Shirk is worse. Because Allah Ta'ala says he does not forgive shirk. Allah does not forgive that you associate partners with him. But he forgives for other than that to whom he pleases. Whoever makes shirk with Allah, فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ جَنَّةِ Allah makes jannah haram for him. And his final abode will be the hellfire. So is there any upside in shirk? No. Was you going to get anything out of it anyway? No. When Allah Ta'ala tells the people, يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ Call upon your shurakat. Those shurakat, those things you used to worship along with me in the dunya, call upon them now so they can help you. Call upon them. And then you know what's going to happen? They're not going to answer. They're going to leave you hanging. <coughs> they didn't know you used to call upon them. They will disassociate themselves from you and what you used to do. Now what? There's no upside. Only destruction. It belongs to Allah, that which is in the heavens, that which is in the earth. This is the reality, ibadullah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He informs us of this reality. 
Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I did not create the jinn, nor mankind, except for them to worship me. Except for them to worship me and me alone. لِيَعْبُدُونَ لِيَعْبُدُونَ That they worship me alone. نعم. مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقٍ وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ يُطْعِمُونَ I don't want from them any type of provisions. I don't need no provisions from them. And I don't need that they feed me. I don't need no food from them. I don't need nothing from them. Allah Ta'ala, He followed His ayah by saying, إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الرَّزَاقُ That verily Allah, He is the provider. Allah don't need nothing from us. Allah don't need nothing from us. But we need everything from Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala huwa razaq he is the provider he is the one who is the owner of great power as far as us we have no power there is no power and no might except with Allah if you need something ask Allah if you in need of assistance ask Allah this is the reality ya ibadullah this is what we have to convey. First and foremost, we got to get the message ourselves and submit ourselves to Allah with Tawheed, to be compliant to His command, to disassociate ourselves from polytheism and the polytheist. But this is the message that we have to convey to mankind because this is the message that is going to help them ultimately. This is better than any economical empowerment message that we can give them any social justice message that we can give them, this is the greatest message. Once this is established, you will find in their life, it will take new shape. You will find in their life, the things will start to fall into place. And then the other things that we can benefit them with, that we benefit them with from social, economical, this, that, and it, to the end of it, right? But what's most important is that an individual rectifies his relationship, rectifies his relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that begins with in the middle of it and in the end of it is establishing the tawheed for Allah and Allah Ta'ala alone worshipping Allah and never ever ever associating partners with him in any which way shape or form hada fa aqimus salat